Hello everyone, you're listening to Scientific Healing with Dr. Anastasia Chopoulos. I know the power of vibrational healing by combining physics and ancient healing arts to develop a system that has amplified results with thousands of my clients and healing students. When you are ready to be able to transform your life and the life of others, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me, all one word, to discover more about my program for helping healers and coaches thrive and grow their business. I invite you into a conversation right now at scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment to talk to you about having more energy while growing your healing or coaching practice. Today, we're talking about a topic that has come up a number of times in the last few days. And when something like that happens, I figure there's some sort of synchronicity going on, and it's a topic that really needs to be brought out in the open. And I think it's a worthwhile topic because the number of times people self-sabotage themselves without realizing they're doing so, and they don't even know why. They know that they want that thing, whatever that success is, that higher level of income or better health or you know weight loss goal, but somehow, somehow it just doesn't get there. So before we begin this conversation, I'd like to make one thing clear and how important language is in the process. So during our conversation, we're going to talk more about language and how we even in our daily vernacular, daily English that I hear all the time, and <laughs> I always gently say to people, <laughs> do not say that, and here's an alternative. And they go, oh yeah, really? And then a uh, second thing that happens a lot is your innocuous past history with people. Sometimes something that's said over and over again starts playing a bigger and bigger role in what you're thinking about yourself and doing for yourself subconsciously. You're not even aware of this. So these are two things that we'll bring up over and over in our conversation today. So today's topic on is on self-sabotage and my fabulous co-host is Gwen Leppard. Welcome Gwen. I'm so glad to be talking with you again. I'm really the, the, the pleasure. Uh, <laughs> it is such a pleasure to be here with you again, Anastasia. And there it is. I just sabotage myself. It happens all the time. And I wanted to bring in also, it's, it's those relationships that you want to have because my focus is relationships. You think that, you know, you want this amazing relationship and yet you keep running self-sabotage programs that you get close to having an amazing relationship and you blow that person off or do something that will actually, absolutely end it because of the things you were just saying, your language and the programs you're running. You're, you're really basically a little five-year-old. You're not being your logical self when you're in those places. Well, and, and that's true. I like that you brought up that's a five-year-old because our subconscious is like a little five-year-old being that has no filter. So our conscious mind is what helps filter things into the subconscious. But once those subconscious programming is, once that subconscious programming is running, it's really hard to stop. And you find yourself in these loops with people. You keep doing the same thing over and over and you want to stop it. And then you see yourself doing it again. And, you know, I'm not immune to it just because I know about it doesn't mean I can stop it all the time. And I have to look at it like, why? 
why am I doing this to myself? Why do I keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result? It's a topic that so many people struggle with. I'm, I'm the same as you. You know, I, I, I know the, the things to do right. I mean, I've studied with you and I've studied with others that language is so important. And yet, you know, you find the repeating patterns and you know, anyone that's in, in business for themselves, they, they're struggling with things like roller coaster income, imposter syndrome, they stopping themselves midstream right before they're successful is something I've done it myself many times. And the, the language, it's so, so important. I just, I couldn't agree more. And, but I'd really like to hear your take on, you know, how the language affects us, Anastasia, because I know that you have some unique perspective. Well, so, so one of the things that I hear a lot is that when people are in pain, they'll say, oh, my back is killing me or my head is killing me. So if you really think about it, your subconscious does not understand the difference between you making a statement at, at how much it hurts versus it actually killing you. It hears killing you. And so what happens is that your cells will all start to comply. Oh, it hurts so much that we must die. And that is really a terrible thing to say. And so when I hear people saying, oh, my back is killing me, I say, your back is hurting, right? And they go, yes. And I said, it's hurting a lot, right? And they say, yes. <laughs> and then I say, I it's, so not killing, right? it's not <laughs> killing you. <laughs> and they go, oh. And so I've become like very, uh, very aware of it. And then another thing that I hear a lot is, oh, I can't afford that. And so, so if you've got money in the bank that you've got allotted to something else, let's say even to pay your mortgage, so you've got this money in the bank and it's allotted for somebody else, for something else. And, you know, here's this $500 item and you've got 2000 in the bank. Your subconscious is going, oh, well, I have the money for it. So what do you mean I can't afford it? And it will help, it will help you make all that money go away so you truly can't afford it. So your subconscious is trying to make everything that you're saying come true. They want to make it right. wants to make you happy. <laughs> I know it's it's wonderful. It's an absolutely wonderful part of us, and yet it's really frightening when you when you're out there and you're listening to people's language patterns. It's just like, do you hear what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and and you know, a lot of people. I grew up with my mom speaking Greek, and to to all of us and some of the greek sayings they're really horrendous like you're gonna eat a stick <laughs> you become a sword eater <laughs> <laughs> and all that's what you really want to do <laughs> all it means is that i'm going to take a stick to your rear end is what it means right mm. it's, the wood, it's the wooden spoon Right. Yeah, neither so, one of those sound very pleasant. No, but we, we got the wooden spoon on our rear end when we were little. Yikes. So that's what it meant. But, but you know, you start translating it into, you're going to eat a stick, so that means, you know, it's like, oh. And, uh, and, of course, they also say, I'm going to kill you and things like that. So there's, like, a lot of things that in every language that, people are saying all the time. So you have to be really careful with what you say when you say it. So, you know, just be consciously aware of those little sayings that we're saying all the time. 
And the other thing that happens is that when you start reading, like if you go on Wikipedia, there's like a really a lot. It's so well now, it's so well cultivated that there's a lot of really great um, bits of information on there. And I've gone on and I'm, you know, I look up things all the time and I was looking up, you know, what is the typical lifespan of an American? And so it's, it, it happens to be 78 and some change, right? It's not very good. It's not very good. I would live a lot longer than that. <laughs> yes. Well, and the thing is that if you've made it to 65 and you're healthy, which I did, right? It means, it usually means that you have a very high percentage chance of making it to 85, right? So, so that, that's like, that's some of the other statistics, but what people do will read it and then their cells go, oh, average lifespan 78. So that means by the time I'm 80, I'm old. And that means that I, it's time to die. And so the cells will start dying off. So even these like insidious little you know, bits and pieces of information, depending on how you interpret them. Like, you know, in my, in my family, we live in well into the 90s. So 80 is no age, right? 80 right. is still considered pretty young. Yes. And my, and a lot of people in my family, like my dad's 87, and his brain is still fully there, fully functioning. And he's sharp as a tack. So we don't expect it to be any different, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> and he has had you, you helping him along, which is, you know, a, a nice benefit as well. Yes. Well, that, you know, he, he did a lot on his own. So good for him. Right. So he taught us in 1960, um, he taught us how to eat healthy. So, you know, we threw out all the sugar and all the white bread which, you know, back in 1960, Wonder Bread was the order of the day and peanut butter and jelly sandwiches were considered good things to eat. <laughs> and dad threw all that out the window and we started eating whole grain stuff and, you know, fruit for dessert instead of sugary things and things like that. And whenever my dad would make something, the, the neighbors would say, are you some kind of health nut? <laughs> <laughs> so we were the health nuts down the street, right? So he did he did a lot of that on his own, but but now, you know, it helps to to really change the energy and he's also like um a very cheerful guy when so so cheerfulness is a you know, joy, cheerfulness, taking joy and everything is really helpful for living a long time. But it doesn't prevent self-sabotage. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah. I, I know that, um, how do you retrain yourself, you know, to, to say things differently? And I mean, I, I have another question too. It's like, how do so many people actually live with all the negative stuff and self-sabotage that they do for themselves? I mean, how do they actually not kill themselves? What prevents that from, from totally happening? I, I know that subconsciously it's happening, Right. But, well, subconsciously, we're designed to survive. Okay. We're designed to survive. And so we'll keep trying to survive, even if it's, if it's a miserable existence. Okay. And a lot of people are really depressed. And, so, and very miserable. And they're very miserable. So they die early because they don't like being alive. Right. But, but let, you know, I think that more the question is not how, but who. Right. Um, it's like not how to do things. So that, that's the one thing about success, you know, moving past that block, that thing about success 
It's yeah. not what to do. You'll hear from all the gurus, you know, set your goals and now we're going to take action on the goals. You remember that movie, The Secret, right? Oh, yeah. Where they just said, you know, do your vision board and put the things up there that you want. There is a big problem with that. There are two problems. The first problem is that there's there were no action steps labeled. Right. You know, how do you take action or when to take action or what to do to take action? And the the, the second thing is that a lot of those things on that vision board were unbelievable for people. And as soon as it gets to be unbelievable, the conscious mind cuts it off from the subconscious mind. And so therefore no action can ever be taken. That's just like all of those affirmations. If you say an affirmation, let's say you're making 7,000 a month right now, and you start saying things like $10,000 flows into my bank account every month, that's believable because it's a small jump upward. Yeah. But, but if you were to say $100,000 flows into my bank account every month and you're at 7,000, then then your mind goes, oh, that's not believable. And it just turns it off. Like it just pretends like you never said, you never said a single word. It was a waste, so, waste, of, waste of breath on in, in that respect. In that respect. So, so one thing about, about, you know, setting goals is they have to be believable and there needs to be a set of actions. But the thing that gets forgotten is what do you do before you set the goal? Like and where is, is your mind? Where is your mind at before you set the goal? Mm. And right? I think this comes into the, that how you retrained yourself. Yes. Yes. Well, so there's there's a, a lot of things, and in terms of training and retraining, like there were a lot of things that ne never got said to me when I was young. So I was lucky. <laughs> there were a lot of things that were said, but there were a lot of things that weren't said. And the, the things that were said usually related to how I related to people, you know, like you're so selfish, you're never going to be happy. And that's because I was the oldest and that meant that I was supposed to take care of all my younger siblings. So if they came in and took something of mine, I, and you know, we didn't have very much <laughs> growing up. My, my dad made just enough money to live on. And so whatever we had, and it wasn't very much like all my, my belongings could be fit into a small box. Right. So my brothers would come in, they were six and seven years younger and grab my stuff, break it and then laugh. And then I'd get upset. <laughs> and then that's when I got that punishment. So I had a couple of messages that you can't keep anything for yourself and that I'm so selfish, I'll never be happy. So that meant that meant that all of my relationships were kind of cursed by those words. So the, the thing to do in this case, in cases like this is you remember the significant events in your life. So if you remember a significant event, whatever it is, like, like I remember those words coming at me. Another one was I was just over two. My sister hadn't been born yet. And I was dipping my peanut butter sandwich into some milk because <laughs> I'd watched my dad dip his donut into coffee, which I hadn't, you know, and so I dipped it in the milk and put it in my mouth and, you know, this like wonderful flavors were in there. 
and and my mom turns around and she starts shrieking at me you should know better you should know better and I'm like what and she goes look at the mess you made on the table and there are two drops of milk on the table okay so here I am a two-year-old and I'm being told you should know better so my whole life I grew up with guilt feelings because I obviously should have known better <laughs> Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> that's, 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 um, and I, I, I don't know what to call that, but you're so, two years old. <laughs> I know. So it wasn't until I had my own kids and I watched them do the same things that I did, make messes and smear their hands on the table and stuff like that, that I thought, wow, I was just like that size and I got yelled at for dripping stuff on the table and I finally was free. You know, it was like the natural thing to do rather than I did it out of maliciousness. <laughs> and so, yeah, so it really, it really freed me. But, you know, you know, these events, even when you're very, very young, you, you, you hear these events in your mind and the ones that were painful like, you know, being yelled at like that when you're little, because it was a shock to me, right? So those, those things, those are usually the places where you can get hung up. And you can use your adult logical mind to look back at what that event could have created. And um, so we as adults can process through them, and it might take a while, you can journal about it, you know, you could uh, describe the event and remember how you felt and process the emotion. So that, that's the slow way. So the, these are ways that you can help your being to help prevent you from sabotaging yourself. So well, def definitely want to know more about that. And um, so when you retrained yourself to say that your back um, hurts right now, what did you say um, instead of I can't afford it? What can people say instead? Because I, I, that's some, one thing I love. It's like instead of saying, well, don't say that. And then people say that all the time, but they don't give you something else to say. And I know you have things for us to say. So if you Yes. Say, oh, so I thought a lot about that when I can't afford it. And when I started thinking about it, I started thinking, well, you know, I've got a lot of stuff in the bank, like in retirement and, you know, I'll have a retirement income coming in, et cetera. So I have, I have all this stuff in the bank. So if I say I can't afford it, then somehow all of that will dry up. So I started saying that's not in my budget right now, Ooh. or I prefer to not spend money on that right now. I've got something else in mind for it. I've earmarked that money for, right? So now, so now you're still being polite with turning it down rather than, oh, I don't want to buy that stuff, <laughs> right? So now you're being polite because whatever it is you really, really need, like if your car breaks down tomorrow, you'll figure out how to pay for it. Right. So, so depending on what your desire is, like, you know, there's stuff coming at you all the time, right? There's stuff coming at you, you know, new TVs, new radios, new, new phones, yep. new like tablets, new electronics, fancy watches, fancy clothes, fancy shoes, designer labels. There's stuff coming at you all the time. Or even coaching programs, like every coaching program, like they're all using really, um, really sales, sales tactics that are designed to break down your resistance and allow you to say yes, because you want to do that particular thing. And 
um, it's it's a really hard to prevent. So so now you can say, okay, I've got this budget and I've got this money and I've decided to do that with it. And you know, I don't have money in my budget for this at the moment. And that really, really changes the complexion of how you feel about yourself. And the I can't afford thing that I can't, because my parents used to say that all the time. And when I was little also, you know, we would get five, five cents and then we got raised to 10 cents allowance a week where all of our contemporaries were getting 25 cents, 50 cents and a dollar. And then by the time I was in high school, I think we were getting 50 cents, 50 cents a week or 25 cents a week even. And a lot of my friends were getting $5, right? So I was getting like a tiny, tiny amount. And the only way I got more money was by earning it. So I would go out yes. and babysit. Yeah, okay. I see. I'm, yeah. I'm breaking up. Yeah, my internet says it's unstable. Okay. So, so uh, the only way that I was able to have more money in my pocket was that I went out and earned it. So I became very self-sufficient. And the one thing that my parents never never came in to was my academic and then later my financial success. They never, they never invaded into that space. They just left that alone, but they were more concerned about like my mom was especially concerned about relationships because she's a very, she was a very, very sociable person. And, you know, <laughs> and when in her later years where she became less mobile, she was on the phone all day long. Like her phone was busy all the time because <laughs> that's the way she related to people. <clears throat> awesome. Right. So, so there, so there's a way to, you know, when it comes to in, in terms of, you know, thinking about how you're spending your money, you know, saying I can't afford it will make your money dry up. Yeah. It's also saying, like cursing yourself. Yes. And it's also, um, I think you've also said that it, it's a lie that it, that it can actually be a lie. Yes. And so you are lying to yourself and you're lying to other people and that lowers your frequency really. And, and if you truly don't have the resources, then um, what do you say if you truly don't have the resources instead of saying, I can't afford it and you don't really have money budgeted for something else, but you, somebody brings something to you and yeah, just say, I don't have money in my budget for that. Okay. So still just, I don't have money in my budget for that. Yeah. Okay. It's so simple because you, you, you don't ever want to say I can't afford it because you okay. can, because if you needed a car, yeah, you would be, and you don't, and you don't have resources, you would figure out how to get the resources to buy the car. Got you, know, it. you would figure out how to get a loan. You would ask people, you know, you'd ask people in your family to, you know, float you for a little while. You would figure out how to get the resources. Right. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. Definitely. Yep. Cause there's always a way cause we're, we're floating in so much abundance here. We really are. It's true. So, um, so if you're pretending poverty, then you're leading yourself down the wrong path. Yes. And the more, so the more you act as if, the more the reality starts to set in, right? Yeah. 
So there's other, yeah, and other causes of lack of success as well. So tangling right. up. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, go right. ahead and share that piece. Well, yeah, so the other, the other um, you know, I, I am carrying a credit card debt at the moment because I wanted to join a program that I didn't have the money for. So I packed on some debt onto my credit card and then I'll come to the, they, the month, you know, when the money comes in, you know, I have a nice steady income now and the money comes in, I, you know, my mind was going, how am I going to pay all of these credit card bills? And so I was focusing on the debt right. <laughs> rather than focusing on the income. And so now I'm starting to focus on the income and it's growing. So I'm having my best months ever, right? So it's focusing on on the growing, and now the the debt is being paid down at a much faster rate. And I'm going, oh well, I can have this debt paid down in less than a year, which is really good, <laughs> right? Yeah. So so you know by focusing on the income and going, I'm so grateful that this is coming in, right? I'm so grateful that you know every week I get I get some income coming in. I'm so I'm so happy that it's coming in and it makes me feel good and I'm also taking a portion of it and spending it on myself right which before yeah. I wasn't doing that so I'm starting to feel more luxurious so you can feel more luxurious even if it's to go around the corner and get a massage or or get a manicure or pedicure or you know get your hair done just something that where you feel like you're treating yourself yeah, that's that's fantastic. And it sounds like you're keeping your language much, um, you're keeping it clear regarding your success. Right. And so, so that's the other, there, so there's that, that's the, the language part. Now let's look at the emotional part. Yeah, please. So the emotional part, if you've had any emotional trauma, like, you know, I, I certainly did, you know, with my mom yelling at me all the time what she really wanted and i know that 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 was in her heart what she really wanted was the best for us but it it comes across it came across to me as as very highly critical and brutal and so then so then what happens is that your worthiness to be successful goes can get caught up and tangled into the into your like financial or business success or for me it was academic success and so what would happen is I'd be like let's look at academics I'd be um, making a big breakthrough in science and I'd be publishing it and then I'd end up getting slow to publish it like why was I slowing down why did I get slow to publish it and I would have to really push through that resistance and it, it makes everything very hard to do. Like when, when you don't have that resistance, then, then it just flows. And so what I'll have, so I became keenly aware of all those little resistances. Like, so I have all the time in the world. Why am I not writing this paper? Because it's publisher parish, right? Why am I not writing this paper? It's not hard. It really isn't. Yeah. I think a lot of people actually struggle with that. That, you know, they, they have the time and they could be, you know, completing programs, writing things and, you know, what, you know, so you're saying it's the emotional um, baggage that you have that's actually blocking you 
right? So, so what happens is, and there, there are even gurus that teach this, that they're saying that the money that's coming in is really love coming in to you. And you have to be careful with that because in some ways it is love because love is energy, but it's a different kind of energy. And my view of love is it's unconditional. You expect nothing in return and that it's a gift, right? You don't earn it. There's no way to earn it. But if you are exchanging um, services for money, there, there is an exchange, there is an expectation, and there is the expectation that, that you will deliver at least that value, if not more, than what was paid to you. So you have to be really careful when you start listening to what some people are saying as to what kind of love, right? So, so uh, you know, in Greek, we have, we have several words for love that are, that are different right? But in, in English, we just have love. So, you know, romantic love, mother to, to child love, child to parent love, it's all the same word, where in Greek, it's all different words, right? So, so we have to be careful with how we word those things. So we don't get entangled into the emotional thing. Like, and this was brought up by somebody who came and asked me this question. He just said, look, you know, I'm, I'm following such and such a guru who's saying that, that, you know, your service is loving on other people and they're loving you back by paying you. And, but he had a traumatic childhood. So he started entangling this. And he was sabotaging himself by not making the calls that he needed to make to help get the love, <laughs> right? Right. Because so, so what yeah. happened? What well, happens in that case is that you end up your emotional injury gets in the way of you being successful. So that emotional injury either needs to be cleared, or you need to decouple it. Yeah, that makes really good sense. Um, I, I remember you talking about um, people whose parents were divorced, uh, the abandonment would color whether you allow your success and you equate your worthiness with, with income. Right. So, so, right. So everybody's abandoning me, right? So your parents get divorced, everybody, every, or one dies, everybody. And so then, so then you start using language like everybody abandons me. And then you make it come true that, you know, you've got this wonderful service to offer and you can help so many people with it, but everybody's abandoning me. So you will not find anybody that will come in because you're sending out this wave of possibility of everybody abandoning you. Wow, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing that, that people don't respond to is neediness. Right. Right. So if you're not feeling loved and you have this neediness towards it, and this is like the worst thing that you can have. Like I, I've met so many people. I just want to meet my soulmate. I just want to, you know, have this wonderful relationship. And the thing is that, and I've learned this over a series of hard lessons, 
You know, I was in the midst of all of this and getting very, very hurt by difficult relationships is that when you are needy, you are attracting other people that are in that neediness. And so you need each other. And then you, instead of two people standing like this saying, I want to be with you, you end up, you know, leaning on each other and you're, you're entangled in neediness and it's never healthy. No. And so for that relationship to get healthy is a very difficult road. You know, yes. you have to, you have to really basically plow through it together with either professional help or healing or something, but that, you know, relationships don't, you know, the, the, the interdependence does, it never comes to any good. I, I know <laughs> I've been there, done yeah. that, got several t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that neediness when you are, uh, you know, when you're looking for clients, let's say, and yeah. you're feeling the it's need. It's like you're sprayed with, with repellent. <laughs> right. You're spraying repellent all over yourself. And what people are hearing is instead of, instead of thinking that person can really help me move forward. Instead, they're hearing that person needs me for my money. Yep. Right. And that's not. That's not. Yeah. Because whatever you're thinking, you are sending out in, in thought waves. What people don't realize is that we have two modes of telepathy. We have narrow band telepathy, like what, what you and I are experiencing right now. We're having this conversation. And then if you're um, up on a stage or you're a teacher, you have broadband telepathy. And what that does is that when people hear you, you don't have to say all the right words but they get the picture. Right. Right. They get the picture of what you're saying. Yeah. So if you, if you really want to help people, you're broad, you're, the picture that they're getting is being supported and being nurtured and, 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 and helped. And if you're thinking, Oh my God, I have to pay my bills. All they're seeing is, you know, you pulling on them and going, you know, I need you, I need your money. <laughs> That's all they're seeing is, is, is you like taking their credit card and, and running with it. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is that you don't really want to be attracting people that respond to that need because right. what they'll do is they'll be your worst customers because they'll be needy too. And they will de keep demanding from you. Like, you know, even if you have a very inexpensive product, and they pay for it, but they'll keep demanding for that little bit that they paid. They'll keep demanding a lot from you. And the, the higher price programs are actually, <laughs> actually you have a better class of client. And meaning that they're not needy. They're very self-sufficient. They're independent. When they don't say, do you have, can, you know, do you give discounts of that on that? And um, I will check energetically, but my answer is usually no. Yeah. Right. And I, I've definitely had that experience that when I have high-end clients and they, they have the ability to have um, unlimited text access to me, they rarely use it. But if it's a low-end product, it's like you hear from them constantly. It's like, um, you don't have unlimited text with me. Um, let's move that to this conversation elsewhere. It's yes, so ex exactly. Right, exactly. So then, um, what was I going to say? 
So the, the thing that we're going to is also confidence, right? So you have the language and then you have your ability to be successful. And then the last piece of it is the confidence, right? Fabulous. Right. So sometimes people come across, they're completely, you know, they're, they're so overqualified. They're, they're very, very, very competent. They're amazing at what they do. They're able to create miracles for you. They're able to help you through the next step, but yet um, they are timid and they do not project any confidence whatsoever. And they feel like they can't do it. Yeah. And so, so confidence is built in a series of steps. And the one thing, and I'll just use this example, is when I first started painting, right? I first started painting at the age of 50. I did not know I could paint. I had no clue. And um, so, so when I started painting, I just simply picked up the paintbrushes and did what the teacher said. We stood up at an easel and she said, draw this. And I drew this. And then she says, now draw it like this. So we were practicing big strokes and certain motions, this motion, that motion. We were doing circles and we were doing diagonals and up and down and just really getting our arms into practice for being able to do big motions. And then I just simply trusted um, what she said because I, I had no... I had no stake in doing a great painting or not a great painting. It didn't matter to me. I was just having fun. Right. Mm -hmm. And then this stuff started happening and she was going, are you sure you never painted before? Nope. First time. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, so that, so that started to build my confidence. And now if I'm standing in front of an easel, you know, I find it very easy to get inspired. I see something, ooh, that would be really great to paint. Then I have an image in my mind of how I want to paint it. And then I get out whatever medium I'm using, whether it's, it's gouache or watercolor or pencils or oils. And I just start creating it and it just starts to come to life exactly in my mind, right? As how, of how I wanted it to look and sometimes even better, right? So it's like, no matter what it is you're doing, if you just start going through the process of doing it and trusting yourself that you'll know how to do it. So for example, right? For example, right? For example, in healing, right? Mm -hmm. So healing is one of those things that's kind of not quite mainstream. We're getting there, but it's not quite mainstream. So when I had my very first really big case, I kept thinking to myself, what am I doing? Like, this person's life depends on what I do. And that was really scary. That was like totally frightening. And so I walked into the room and I stopped questioning myself. And I just started going through the motions of doing exactly what I learned how to do and what I had been practicing for years. And the the guy woke up out of a coma and he's great now. Right. Yeah. So, so that's where I started to gain confidence, but there's still days where people come to me and say, 
can you help me with that? And I don't answer off my brain. I ask, you know, I ask spirit, is it possible that I can help them with that? And I'll get a yes or a no. And I'm, I'm honest. Like if some people come to me with a 90-year-old person that has something pretty serious, and I'll say, you know, <laughs> the, the train has left the station, <laughs> right? I can make but them check, you check in first. But I always check out. in and I'll say, yeah. well, the train has left the station. Or if it's somebody who is like my dad, who's 87 and is very open to accepting the healing and I do healing on him and he always responds to it. So I check in to make sure that, you know, is it, is it a type or B type? Is the train left the station or do we still have a chance to help them? Yeah. Right. Well, I, I must say that um, your confidence has always been something I've admired about you. So, <laughs> and, you. And, and so the, the three pieces that you need to avoid um, to help heal the self-sabotage are um, the language that you're using, clearing up the emotions and, and, and confidence. And did I get those right? Yep. That's pretty much it. So that's, yeah, that's, that's what we were talking about today. And I, and you were just talking about the healing and I, I, I know you have a program for healers. Do you want to share with us about that? Or is there anything else you want to wrap up before we share about that? No, I think that that pretty, you summed it up really, really well for us. And that um, it, 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 and you know, it sounds really easy. Like all those <laughs> steps sound really easy, but it, you know, doing it one step at a time, like, you know, notice, like if you're, if you're, continually saying things like, oh, this headache is killing me, right? Yeah. Then you become aware of it. And now you're going to change your language to, to my head really hurts. Yeah. And I'd like it to be a thing of the past. Ooh, I like that. Right? Yeah. So, so now instead of saying, I don't want that anymore, because your subconscious will hear, I want that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you'll say it is now a thing of the past. It's now a thing of the past. Right, exactly. Okay. Right. And I, I learned nice that from right. I learned that from somebody else and I heard it. I'm going, wow, I'm going to use that one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. We so, learn everywhere. <laughs> right. So that's so, you know, all the bits and pieces that you pick up, if as soon as you start becoming consciously aware that those kinds of things are are happening, you know, like you you start listening to how people are putting the language, like when you hear somebody who's very positive and joyous and in this happy emotional state and how they state things relative to somebody who's depressed, just start becoming aware. So that's your first step. Yeah. Your second step is the, the great thing is you can journal with it. So mm -hmm. journal with, you know, what happened during a past event. How did you feel about that past event? You know, what lesson did, could you have possibly learned out of that past event? And the writing will help, you know, don't do it on a typing. You have to handwrite it in order for your body to be involved with it uh, more intimately. And then the last step is, is taking steps to gain confidence by doing just whatever it is you're doing, just like practicing, let's say you're practicing ice skating, for example. You just have to keep doing it repetitively. Or if you're learning an instrument, you just have to do it over and over and over again. 
And like you did with painting, you just practiced and it, and it started flowing through. That it yes. was an innate talent that all you had to do was practice, get the lessons, practice, and then it was coming straight through, which is happening for some of your healers. Your, your yes, healers. yes. So, so then the, the healing program. So that's, so we brought this confident thing, confidence things up and, you know, there's a rolling enrollment in the program because I make each month a separate unit. So each month is its own self-contained little unit. And um, so some healers have been in since the summer and some since the, the um, you know, early spring, which is when it started. And there are various levels of skill and people trying things now. A number of them have clients already. A number of them have done a you know, huge number of successful healings. People that never earned any money doing this kind of work are now starting to really earn money and they are gaining in confidence. And the great thing about this community is like when one person starts to feel insecure, the others pipe in because it's one thing for me to say it. It's one thing that, you know, if I say, well, look, you know, just try it out, you'll gain confidence. But when somebody who has just learned it has never done it before, before they were working in a business, like, you know, a typical corporate job and now they're doing you know totally woo stuff and they have now transitioned to being able to do healing it, it's like it's magic for them so the community that's that's coming together is is really awesome and so you know i am looking you know we are starting a new a new enrollment period um starting in march where we'll start at the beginning of the year again it's a two-year program. The first year covers um, relationships, mental, emotional, <clears throat> and spiritual. And the second year is um, all, you know, all about the way the, the physical body, because that's my big specialty is healing the physical body, how the various parts of the physical body coordinate together. Mm -hmm. And right, so the way they coordinate together to produce um, optimal health. For example, you know, thyroid and adrenal glands are very well connected because once the adrenal glands get tired, the, the thyroid will take over. And then, then when that gets tired, then the liver tries to take over. So there's like this progression. And I'm seeing this progression by doing thousands of healings. I've watched, you know, put, put this, my mind always categorizes stuff. So that's the scientist so, in you. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> right. So lucky that you <laughs> brought that to this type of healing. Thank you. And so, and so this program is for people who are, are highly intuitive and they want to develop that further because the people that are in it are now, their clairvoyance has come through, their clairaudience, their clairsentience, all of that, that, the high heightened sensitivities are now coming into play. So they are better able to interact and also protect themselves from the outside interaction coming in. So that program for me is like totally exciting and I can't wait to bring more people in. And at the beginning of the year, by March, the prices will go up. So I'm you know, wanting to bring more people in at the old price. But <laughs> my coach said, you can't have it at that price. It's way, way, way too cheap. <laughs> I'm going, okay, okay. Is it okay if the next round I'm 
putting it at the night and the new price and he goes uh no but uh, if that's the way you insist i go yeah i'm in, i'm insisting so there's an entry program for just relationships Mm-hmm. And then, then uh, if you love that program, then joining the two-year program is is right for you. So, um, the way you can find out a little bit about it, it's a it's a very brief summary. Is scientifichealer.com forward slash energize me. And um, when you're ready to have a conversation about it, go to scientifichealer.com forward slash appointment. Mm. This has been a really enlightening and, and fabulous conversation, Anastasia. I'm, I'm really um, honored that you included me in it. Oh, well, of course. It's been, we've been doing these now every month for a couple of years. And it's just been, you know, you've helped me summarize it and, you know, pull it in together and to help, you know, to help other people understand it. Because I'm off somewhere in woo-woo land sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like to bring things back to the three pieces. So again, <laughs> watching your language, I mean, first is just the awareness. And you might even need to be hyper vigilant um, when you first are doing it with yourself. Always. And, and, and then, you know, just that continued awareness and, and being gentle with yourself when you hear yourself say something that you remember from the past to heal those, re- the, the emotions around that. And, and there's a lot of... Um, it's to, det- it's to detangle the emotional, the emotional piece with your success. Okay, yeah. So to take that those two pieces apart, and is there a, a program or something that you offer that would allow people to do that easily, or is it a process that they need to go through over time? Well, the 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 detangling. So the detangling um, is in the emotional in the uh, relationship program. Right. Perfect. So yes. That's in that relationship program, and you will detangle a lot in that relationship program. Absolutely. That. In fact, that that program that led me to to focus on relationships. Yes. That, that was my my piece uh, out of um, energy medicine to focus on, and then the confidence, and and then the confidence. Right. Ooh. So that's just practice, practice, practice. Yes. And so the relationship program will help you. Um, get those three pieces, but now to really go into depth is getting into the long-term program. And, you know, everyone in the, in the class is raving. Like I am very, very delighted to hear, you know, every week the victories come through and I'm really delighted to hear as to how much people are really raving about the class and about the program and how much they've gotten out of it. And one, one lady even says, yeah, once, <laughs> once they find you, we don't want to go away. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I got you three days in a row this week. I'm so- <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's true. When people get to hang out with you and even just see you on, online, they feel better. And that, that's a powerful thing. You know, your presence is, is healing. And so if they want more of you, they're going to go to scientifichealer.com slash energize me to find Mm -hmm. out about the program and to make an appointment, scientifichealer.com slash appointment. And I'm going to let you take it it on out because I know we're about out of time. Yes. Thank you so much for everybody. Thank you so much for joining um, Gwen and I uh, in this, this program and 
you know, ho hopefully, hopefully you have gotten a lot out of the program. And if you have, please forward this to other people that could use the help. And if you enjoyed it, give it a five star rating, share it with your friends and be sure to subscribe to my channel. However you found me, whether it's on YouTube or iTunes or wherever you found me. Mm -hmm. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm.